You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FanRock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. FanRock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and uh, lots and lots of stuff to talk about with the Dodgers. Of course, Alex Wood at the top of that list, so we'll be getting to him in just moments. But also, the big question, Josh Donaldson, is he or isn't he a shortstop? Uh, maybe sooner than we think for fantasy purposes and uh all kinds of other uh injury news besides what's going on with the uh the dodgers rotation uh we had a uh, twin bill yesterday with the white Sox and the twins that produced some interesting performances uh, including another good start by carlos rodon uh chris stratton putting together some interesting numbers all kinds of players to talk about but let's get to it um Alex Wood, he is having some issues again with the SC joint in his left shoulder. Uh, that's what uh, caused him to miss a few starts earlier in the season. And uh, according to manager Dave Roberts, it's a little concerning. Uh, that's for sure. Very concerning to us fantasy owners as well. So uh, that is going to be monitored. I don't have any further details in terms of the nature of the monitoring or what's been monitored already perhaps but uh if you have been tracking this for the last few starts woods velocity as fastball fastball velocity has been down a bit uh last four starts in a row now including last night's his uh fastball velocity has been uh between uh, 91 92 the average fastball velocity for uh, alex wood so that's been a little bit of a red flag uh, for a few starts, but now uh, we've got actual symptom to talk about. So um, there may be some other things uh, happening there in the, in the Dodgers rotation. Of course, they're uh, going to be bringing up Brock Stewart again to start in Yu Darvish's spot tonight. Darvish is supposed to be back on Sunday. Looking good for a Sunday return. He's going to... Uh, throw a bullpen session on Thursday. He's been cleared to do that. He worked with pitching coach Rick Honeycutt on some mechanical issues yesterday. No back issues at all, so he's cleared for the bullpen session on Thursday. If that goes well, we can expect to see Darvish start this Sunday against the Brewers, uh, but maybe uh, Stewart stays in the rotation after all, depending on what happens with Alex Wood. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, good news for him. He threw a sim game yesterday and is slated to make a triple-A start this Saturday. So maybe we say see Kershaw next week. Uh, that's obviously a big one. And one final Dodgers note, Cody Bellinger will not be starting tonight at Pittsburgh. He is still dealing with the mild ankle sprain, so at minimum, he will be out tonight as well. So... Lots, lots more to get to. Like I said, including that Josh Donaldson uh, position eligibility issue. And, uh, well, I'll see if, save the rest for uh, after this break. So uh, keep you in suspense. Stick around. I will be right back. Hunter Henry, Sterling Shepard, 
Michael Thomas. These three NFL sophomores are not due to slump. They're due to break out, just like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In year two, things are only getting better. Make sure to listen live and download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free and it's 24-7. The best fantasy sports content is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host. And I'm here to tell you that you can now take the world's premier 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network with you anywhere you go. Just download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime, anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill. You can hear Greg Sussman on the subway. Or just relax with the king on the couch or Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. Get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. Let's take a peek at uh, the lineups because they are coming in, coming in a little faster than I can even keep up with, to be honest here. Uh, but I have spotted a few things uh, of note. Uh, for one, Jake Lamb is not in the lineup for the Diamondbacks. Uh, that is a couple of lefties, Patrick Corbin and Tommy Malone. Tommy Malone uh, standing in for Stephen Matz, who is out for the season, uh, going to have surgery, and I'll talk about that uh, in a few moments. Uh, so subbing in one lefty for another. No, Jake Lamb, because he has been pretty bad against lefties this year. Um, so probably just as well for fantasy purposes. Uh, Adam Rosales getting the start at third base and batting eighth. And the Reds have their uh, merry-go-round of uh, right fielders. Today it's Scott Shebler getting the start and batting seventh against John Lackey and the Cubs. And we got uh, White Sox, Rays, Cubs, uh, Marlins, Phillies. Nothing uh, too big there, though, to note. So um, keep uh, keep track of that. And also in terms of the weather, must be some pretty bad weather in Ohio and western Pennsylvania because the Indians, Reds, and Pirates games all look pretty bad in terms of weather. Uh, Pirates hosting the Dodgers, 705 Eastern at PNC Park. 55% chance of precipitation at game time, holding steady for several hours after game time. So uh, that's uh, certainly going to be one to keep track of. And as I mentioned earlier, Brock Stewart. Is supposed to start that one for the Dodgers, Jamison Tyone for the Pirates. So um, Tyone's not been good lately. So just one more reason, I think, to probably avoid him today. Uh, the Indians looks even worse, actually. 78% chance of precipitation at game time. They are hosting the Red Sox, 7-10 Eastern at Progressive Field. Uh, however, the chance does go down after that. So maybe that's just more of a delay situation than a cancellation or uh a start and then a delay, uh, which would be bad for uh, the starting pitchers there. And then the Reds, 34% chance for precipitation at game time, and then gradually decreasing uh, over the following two or three hours after that. They're hosting the Cubs. Uh, actually, that's the game I just mentioned with John Lackey pitching for the Cubs, Scott Schebler uh, in right field for the Reds. And the Reds starter in that one, i got to refresh my memory on that one, that's Homer Bailey. So um, those three games definitely need to, Check out over the next few hours and see how the weather's shaping up there. I'm getting my weather info from Rotor Grinders and their 
Chief Meteorologist Kevin Roth. All the other games that are on the schedule look pretty good from a weather perspective. So at least we're contained to weather issues being in that that one part of the country. So back to the news. Salvador Perez has been activated from the DL. So we get one of several uh, high-end catchers who have been on the DL or uh, out of action lately get get Perez back. So that's uh, very good news for him and his owners. And speaking of that Reds lineup, uh, Zach Cozart's in it. He's batting second and back at shortstop. So he's, he's back in the lineup. Uh, White Sox have called up uh, Lucas Giolito to start tonight against the Twins. Uh, that's a 7-10 start guaranteed rate field, central time. Uh, so get to see Giolito make his White Sox debut, and he'll be going up against Kyle Gibson in that one. Josh Donaldson, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, got uh, us a little intrigued the other day uh, getting uh, getting to play at shortstop, actually making his first major league start at shortstop. Um, and Jose Bautista over at third base. And John Gibbons has hinted that we're going to see more of that. Now, I've seen conflicting reports because I saw one that said that uh, they play regularly. I saw another one that just maybe once in a while. So I don't know. I don't uh, even want to try to hazard a guess as to which it will be. But just the idea that there's probably going to be a repeat uh, performance of that infield alignment, uh, that's, you know, a lot of leagues. Well, some leagues you only need one appearance. A lot of leagues, uh, all you need is five in the current season. So four more times for Josh Donaldson at shortstop. And you can use Josh Donaldson at shortstop. Now, that probably won't wouldn't carry over till next year in a lot of leagues, but it's definitely something uh, that's going to be fun to watch over the last uh, not quite six weeks that are left in the season. So that's pretty cool. Uh, last night for the Indians, couple of key players leaving early with injuries, Carlos Santana with lower back tightness, and Andrew Miller aggravating his right knee patella tendonitis. So uh, not, not good there, not, not good news. Uh, Joey Gallo, I uh, talked about him during the show yesterday. He's uh, on concussion protocol, as is Matt Bush. They had a collision over the weekend. Um, no DL move yet for Joey Gallo, but uh, they both do have concussion symptoms, both he and Matt Bush, uh, according to the Dallas Morning News. And Stephen Matz, as I mentioned before, he's out for the season. He is scheduled to have surgery for irritation of the ulnar nerve in his left elbow so that's going to be a season ender for steven matz who um you know 2020 hindsight doesn't sound too surprising that he's been pitching in pain all season long because uh, he has just not been himself at all i talked about that on the show last week with scott engel and we sort of surmised that uh he was probably hurt so now we know for sure uh in other mets news according to new york post jerry's familia may be back with the team this weekend for the series against the nationals. So uh, I would not imagine that he's going to close right away, but that's definitely one to monitor because I think sooner than later, Familia will be closing, uh, but he will be back within a matter of days. It appears the angels have placed JC Ramirez on the 10 DL with a strained right elbow. And they've also put Andrew Bailey on the 10 day DL with a strained right shoulder. Uh, Ramirez, that that's not too big a, of a surprise with him. Uh, he, uh, I believe he cropped up with that injury in his last start or shortly thereafter. 
Um, David Price threw from 60 feet on Monday, and depending on how he feels today, may do so again today. Still no timetable on Price, but if he throws again today, then that's obviously a step in the right direction. And speaking of steps in the right direction, uh, three Mariners starters on the shelf uh, are all making progress. Uh, Felix Hernandez starts playing catch today. James Paxton scheduled to start playing catch tomorrow. And uh, Sashi Iwakuma threw a bullpen session yesterday. So uh, all that, all of those developments uh, by way of the Tacoma News Tribune. Vince Velasquez is out for the season. He was placed on the 60-day DL. And he's going to have surgery on his right middle finger. Um, of course, that's what put him on the 10-day DL in the first place. He had some numbness there. It turns out that he has a vascular issue that's impeding his blood flow. So that sounds pretty serious. And it, it, it is a season under for Vince Velasquez. So um, we'll see how the Phillies uh, continue to fill out their uh, rotation rest of season. Of course, right now it's Ben Lively holding down that spot. And a final note in uh, health and injury news here. Yasmani Tomas is out for the season. He's scheduled today to have core muscle surgery. So uh, do do not plan on uh, seeing him again uh, for the rest of the season. So um, not a real big schedule on Monday, but nonetheless uh, a number of notable performances, several coming out of the White Sox Twins doubleheader. Um, both pitching and hitting, and I'm going to go to the hitters first today. Did the pitchers first yesterday, so kind of gave the, the hitters short shrift. Time to put the hitters in the spotlight. And Byron Buxton just continues a torrid uh, part of the season. I would, not even a torrid August, really been hot since about the beginning of July, although he did miss a big uh, chunk of that month on the DL. But uh, Buxton uh, in the doubleheader, three hits, three for eight including his ninth home run and his 10th double of the season. So going back to the very beginning of July, Buxton has a slash line of 350-395-573, and a, a great combination to see here from Buxton. Um, a 25% strikeout rate, which, you know, for him, look, he's it's under 30. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good sign. Talk about steps in the right direction. Uh, that's not too bad and certainly a big upgrade for, for Byron Buxton. So a better strikeout rate. He's getting a lot of infield hits and hitting a lot of line drives. So he's putting more balls in play, and the balls that, he, or the balls that he's putting in play are harder to field. So uh, he's got a high BABIP that's maybe somewhat regression-proof as long as he keeps this going. So uh, another good day slash night for Byron Buxton. So we'll get to some more of that doubleheader, talk about... Uh, Boog, Boog versus Boog. <laughs> Boog Powell with his first career home run. Kind of neat story with that one. And a lot more right after this break. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go.
Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball, and I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, talked a little bit about Byron Buxton before the break, but that's really just kind of uh, getting the tip of the iceberg from yesterday's doubleheader with the White Sox and the Twins. Uh, another twin busted out in that uh, twin bill. It's Jorge Polanco, who uh, hit uh, home runs in both games. It's now up to five home runs on the season, so not a whole lot of power. It's, it's actually been, for the most part, pretty miserable season for Polanco, but uh, he's heating up. Uh, so two for seven in that game. Again, both hits were homers, uh, also walked. But um, in the month of August, Polanco's batting 385. Those are his first two homers of the month, but he'd already hit five doubles and a couple of triples. And the thing that I'm really encouraged about with Polanco is that he's got a line drive rate for the month of 33%. And I liked him as uh, kind of a deep sleeper coming into the year uh, because of that, in large part because of that high line drive rate and the fact that he's been a pretty good contact hitter. Not a whole lot of, uh, of power there. And actually, the one thing about Polanco that kind of I, I worry about in terms of depressing his value and him not making good on his potential was that uh, last season he was a bit fly ball prone. And for somebody who doesn't have a lot of raw power, that's going to sap his batting average without a whole lot of upside in terms of power to compensate for it. But I thought, you know, if he kind of just stays within himself as a line drive hitter, he could hit for a very high average. And at least this month, he's doing that. So uh, we still have to issue a, a small sample alert since we've only had three weeks of August to deal with here. But this is much more of the Jorge Polanco I was hoping to see this year. Uh, now, on the White Sox side of things, Nicky Delmonico just one hit in the two games last night, but he walked a couple of times. Oh, and that hit, it was just his sixth home run <laughs> in his 19th career major league game. This is kind of kind of bizarre because he played 99 games at AAA Charlotte this year. That is a park that is fantastic for home run power. And he had 12 home runs, which is, nah, you know, really can't, really can't come up with a better word than, than nah, which is not really a word. Uh, but, uh, you know, just very moderate. That, that's using my words a little better. Moderate home run power uh, with such a, a good park to hit in. And he's already halfway to the output that he had in, in AAA with that helpful home park. And, and of course, uh, Guaranteed Ray Field, also a pretty helpful home park in terms of home run power. But he's done it in roughly one-fifth of the games. I mean, he hasn't done it. He's gone halfway. He's gone halfway to his number of home runs in one-fifth of the games. This is not a complete explanation, but he was hitting more ground balls in Charlotte this year than he had been previously, and then he has been since, since being called up to the White Sox. 51% ground ball rate. It's been uh, 43% since coming to the White Sox. I mean, it's not a, a huge radical change that explains everything. I, I think probably there's a little bit of uh, you know, maybe Chris Shelton, uh, for lack of a better comparison, you know, somebody who's just getting his career off on, on absolutely the right foot, but not necessarily at anything close to a sustainable pace. But at least there's a partial explanation for why the power numbers in AAA were just kind of mediocre. So uh, in any event, uh, Delmonico is uh, certainly the hot hand and uh, a must-own guy in deeper mixed leagues. Uh, I think given the hot start, maybe he's going to become a, a popular guy in the 12-team mixed leagues. Um, I'm not going to be pursuing him there. I, I just think that uh, 
this is a hot streak that's it's going to end. It's going to end probably pretty abruptly. But I, I do like him as a deeper league option. I think there's enough there. Uh, Adam Jones has been red hot as well. And uh, against the A's yesterday, went four for four. Hit his 23rd and 24th home runs of the season. So now that he's up to 24. We can compare it with last year. Well, we've still got, uh, like I said, almost six weeks left. So a, li- a little less than a quarter of the season. And Jones is only five home runs behind last year's total. So he had 29 last year, just needs five to match that six to exceed it. Uh, so basically needs to hit one a week from here on out to, uh, to beat last year's total. And he's already ahead of that pace now that he's got uh, 24 homers at, at the beginning of week 21. So uh, it's been, been a nice season for, for, Al, uh, for, uh, excuse me, for Adam Jones. And um, he, uh, he's really kind of caught up because this is somebody who's just been incredibly consistent over recent seasons. And again, I think to the point where maybe a lot of owners kind of started taking for granted. And of course, with the increasing power, if you're just sort of keeping pace with what you've done before, you're actually sort of slipping a bit in value. And so when it looked like he was not going to be keeping up his typical pace earlier in the year... That was a little bit alarming, uh, really kind of called into question Jones's value in a, in a 12-team mixed league, especially the three outfielder leagues. But he's, he's right back to where, uh, you know, where he's been and then some. In the month of August, he's hit 342 with five home runs. So that's gone a long, long way towards uh, getting Jones uh, not just back on track, but actually ahead of, ahead of schedule compared to what he did last year. And last year was pretty close to what he had done in the previous couple of years. So uh, Adam Jones, uh, no reasons for worry there whatsoever. Now, in that same game, Boog Powell went yard. But not the guy with the barbecue stand, not the former Oriole, but Boog Powell, who was recently traded from the Mariners to the A's. So with the A's uh, hitting his first career home run, it's the only hit he had. It's actually the only at bat he had in the game. Uh, he had two other plate appearances and walked in both of those. So a weird line, but a nice game for uh, Boog Powell, who is not related to the other Boog Powell. But uh, he hit that home run, his first career home run, apparently in the vicinity of the other Boog Powell's barbecue stand at Camden Yards. So that's pretty cool. And then I saw a story that the two of them are going to meet today. And apparently there's also a third Boog Powell who, who's playing in the Little League World Series. I just saw something about that yesterday, so I don't know any what the, the deal is with why there's a third Boog Powell. I guess I don't need to ask why. I just need to accept that there are three different people named Boog Powell who are apparently not related to each other. Uh, but getting back to Oakland's Boog Powell, he's got some kind of plate discipline. The power is something, uh, I don't know how much of that we're going to see, uh, although he has made some improvements in that area. He, he hit six home runs. Uh, this year in AAA in 61 games. Uh, now he missed a chunk of the season because of a, P- a PED suspension. But uh, Powell in you know relatively relatively limited 61 games hit six home runs, which is more than we had seen from him before. But uh, the plate discipline has really translated. I mean, he had walk and strikeout rates that were both outstanding in AAA and and actually very similar to each other. 
uh, right around, I don't have the number right in front of me, but right around 13 14% for both the walk and the strikeout rates. But his rate of swinging on pitches outside of the strike zone since coming up with the uh, athletics, 22%. I mean, that is elite-level plate discipline from a rookie. That's really, really impressive uh, for Boog Powell. Uh, Curtis Granderson has also been very impressive. He was hot in his final weeks as a Met, and he has stayed hot in his initial days as a Dodger. Hit a big grand slam last night against the Pirates, part of a two-for-five night with uh, also a walk. That was his fifth home run in Granderson's last seven games. And now in the month of August, he has a total of eight home runs now, this is sort of an exaggeration of the sort of hitter that Granderson has been for a long time. He has 14 hits in August. Eight of them are homers. Two of them are doubles. Those are some uh, pretty wacky ratios uh, for Curtis Granderson. But uh, uh, a lot of power there, but unfortunately not really a, a whole lot else. But, you know, as long as the power binge continues, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, if he's hitting five homers in about a week and eight in a month, less than a month, two-thirds of a month. Uh, you, you, you'll take that. And then A.J. Pollock, this is one of the guys that everybody has questions about. He has had a miserable month. Um, but he did homer last night at City Field against the Mets, only hit in the game, just his sixth homer on the season. And uh, for the month of August, he is hitting 179, and that was his first homer of the month. Uh, so, you know, I, I had to break it down because... Again, so many owners are rightfully so wondering, is, is Pollock still must start? Do we ride it out with this uh, pretty severe slump that he's in that really goes beyond the month of August? Um, and it was really hard to find anything that was really alarming with Pollock. And I've, I've had people ask me, uh, well, where'd the power go? And the thing is that the, the power was really only there two, two seasons ago in terms of him being a, a 20 homer. Uh, type hitter so you know i thought okay well, let's give aj pollock a break because maybe that's not the thing we should really be be expecting from him but this power drought even you know for him is it's notable but the batting average i mean for for somebody who profiles as somebody who you know if they slump a batting average it should be maybe 260 not not 180 uh and the only thing i could really find because his contact rate is just down a, a, a just a tad it's not really alarming drop. It's barely a notable drop at all. The only thing that really stuck out for me in terms of looking at Pollock's stats, this season as a whole, because this has been kind of a persistent problem for a lot of the season, he is popping out a lot. He's popping out at a 13% rate, and that is unusual for A.J. Pollock. So there is something going on there with him. It may be fixable, but uh, like I said, the high pop-up rate is something that really kind of predates even the recent slump. So uh, there is some reason to be cautious in starting A.J. Pollock right now. Anyhow, uh, we are going to give the pitchers their due on this show. So uh, right after this break, break down the latest good start from Carlos Rodon. And uh, marvel at Dylan G's first start as a Minnesota Twin. And a lot more to come, so uh, stick around. Deal with that raw all right after this break. Hey, everybody. 
everybody, it's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook, for your Kindle, or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley. I got Sammy Reed. I got Gary Davenport. I got championships, and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Welcome back. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, we got some more news and some more lineups. So let's uh, kick off this segment with that. And uh, if you listened yesterday, uh, you know that I had Rob Arthur on the show from 538. And we talked about streaky pitchers. And Danny Salazar, we talked about him a little bit. Uh, but if you haven't checked Rob's piece out, and you should because it's awesome, uh, he writes quite a bit about Salazar and how Salazar typified uh pitchers who were streaky you know often because of health reasons well salazar's last start uh an unusually bad one for him and he is now on the 10-day dl with elbow inflammation so that's a a rough break there for uh, danny salazar and the indians um have placed andrew miller back on the disabled list as i mentioned earlier in the show uh he aggravated his uh patellar tendon issue so he's uh back uh, back on the 10-day dl andrew miller danny salazar on the disabled list and as far as some lineups that have come out uh we now have the mets lineup uh they're facing the diamondbacks and patrick corbin no dominic smith to face patrick corbin uh instead you've got wilmer flores over at first and gavin Chikini. Over at second base, Chikini batting eighth, Flores batting in the uh, cleanup spot. And we've also now got the Royals lineup, which, as you would have expected, uh, does have the just-activated Salvador Salvador Perez in there catching and batting fifth. Um, So I think that should just about do for now. A bunch of lines did come out, but uh, those are the the impact uh, changes there in uh, in those lineups. So uh, let's move on to some of the pitching performances from um, from uh, Monday's games. And uh, already broken down several of the hitting performances in the White Sox Twins doubleheader. Jorge Polanco, Byron Buxton, Nicky Delmonico. Uh, but we also saw for, from each team a notable starting pitcher performance. Uh, we also saw a couple of really bad ones, too, in uh, Carson Fulmer and Tim Melville. But Carlos Rodon remains hot. Uh, he went six and a third, giving up two runs on four hits with three walks, but nine big strikeouts uh, in the first game of the doubleheader. And so now over his last five starts combined, he's got a nifty uh, 2.25 ERA. He struck out 37 batters in 36 innings. And even though he walked three batters yesterday, he only has a total of nine over those 36 innings. So by and large, control has not been a problem. Walks have not been a problem. And check out the level of competition that Rotond has had to face. I mean, there's the Twins yesterday, but in the four starts before that, during a, a very good run, the Indians, the Red Sox, the Astros, and the Dodgers. None of those teams strike out, especially the first three. The Indians, uh, Red Sox, and Astros notoriously strike out averse. Uh, all pretty dangerous lineups, and uh, add the Twins in there. That's a great five-start run. 
And I, on yesterday's show, I answered some some uh, lineup questions, some rotation questions. I know one of the options for one of the people who rode in uh, was a two-start Rodon. I apologize for not recommending you starting Rodon. Even after those four good starts against four tough opponents, I had some questions about how Rodon would do this week uh, because I do worry about that the, the control has been very inconsistent and four starts for me didn't really, even against good competition, didn't really measure up. So maybe just a, a way too conservative on my part. Now, Rodon, in a weekly lineup league, Rodon is not by any means out of the woods because his second start is on Saturday against the Tigers, who are the best hitting team in the major leagues against left-handed pitcher, left-handed pitchers. So um, I mean, he got himself off to a very good start and building on, on a nice one. So I tend to think that even if he falls off the pace against the Tigers on Saturday, that you probably would have been done, done just fine starting Rodon this week. But uh, that, that even now five starts deep into the stretch against good competition, I still do worry about the Detroit Tigers for uh, Carlos Rodon. If he aces that one, then you know I'll get on board with with what is already patently obvious to everybody else that plays fantasy baseball that Carlos Rodon's really really good and a must start pitcher. But I need to see what he does Saturday. Uh, Dylan G uh, was the other pitcher from that doubleheader who really impressed. He threw six innings and just allowed one run on two hits. Uh, was uh, throwing a no hitter through the first first four innings. Gave up two hits, no walks. And four strikeouts uh, against the White Sox, who, granted, are not a very tough uh, matchup, uh, you know, certainly compared to early in the year. Uh, but um, he needed only 69 pitches. So I don't care what lineup you're going up against. When you can get through six innings on two hits and no walks and throw 69 pitches, that is really impressive. Now, this was only the second start this year for G. The first one that he made was for the Rangers. I, think, I believe it was back in May. But uh, in a season where he has worked mostly as a reliever, he's been pretty good. He has a 2.84 ERA. He's thrown 67% of his pitches for strikes. And he's gotten swings and misses on 11% of his pitches. So those are all good, good ratios for Dylan G. And, you know, I like the fact, too, that, um, you know, pitching for Minnesota, target field a, a little bit more uh, pitcher-friendly than uh, Globe Life Park. Not a huge difference, really, but it's yeah, I would consider it an upgrade. And, uh, you know, I, there's, uh, there's some deep league potential here if he stays in the Twins rotation. And at this point, I'm not really sure why he wouldn't. But that's, uh, if you got some... Deep leagues where you need a little bit of pitching reinforcements, I certainly do. Um, the, then G is somebody to, who you probably could get very, very cheaply, and uh, might be a good, good sleeper for the last few weeks of the season. Uh, on the other hand, if you are in a league that is still trading, and some of my my leagues are split, some of my leagues the trade deadlines come and gone, some of them uh, I can trade through the end of this month. Uh, if you're one of those leagues where you can still trade and you own Zach Davies take a look at the market for Zach Davies because <laughs> he had another really good start but this was a good matchup a good venue this was the Giants at AT&T Park and he is on a heck of a run that looks really unsustainable to me 
Um, he went six innings in this one, did not allow an earned run, did allow two unearned runs on six hits and two walks with five strikeouts. So perfectly good line. But again, against arguably the easiest matchup in the most pitcher-friendly venue in the major leagues. So he, he did well in a situation where a, a good pitcher or a decent pitcher should do well. Uh, he did get outdueled by Chris Stratton, who I'll talk about in a, a minute or two. Uh, so despite the good performance, his record fell to 14-7. and seven. That's pretty incredible to me that Zach Davies already has 14 wins this season. 14-7. Uh, and seven. And he's been great over the last seven starts. He has a 1.91 ERA. However, uh, over those seven starts, he's pitched 47 innings, and that's that in and of itself is really encouraging because that's going into deep, going deep into games very frequently, which was something Davies had a lot of trouble doing earlier this season. So he's been very efficient, uh, and part of the reason he's been efficient is that he's pitched to contact. He has only 29 strikeouts in those 47 innings. Very, very low strikeout rate. Uh, he's also issued only 12 walks. So, so to his credit, um, he's, he's throwing strikes at a, a reasonable rate, enough to work through lineups quickly, um, you know, gets the ball put in play, and, and has succeeded. And now the, the missing piece in this puzzle, because again, that formula isn't always one that leads to success. That's just a you know formula that uh, might mean that uh, you're putting a lot, allowing a lot of balls to be put in play and, and you're giving up a lot of hits. He's allowed only one home run in those 47 innings over a seven-start stretch. One home run in 47 innings. That's wild. What I mean, that's like a, for a full season. That's like a, a four-home run pace. That is unbelievable. Uh, especially for somebody who pitches roughly half of his starts at Miller Park. And he's not especially proficient at inducing soft contact or getting ground balls. He's fine in those regards, but not fine to the degree of here's somebody who's on a pace to give up four home runs for a full season, um, pitching half of those games at Miller Park. Doesn't add up, doesn't make sense. Uh, Screams sell high, if you can actually sell. And if you can't, uh, I guess you uh, look at the matchups and uh, you know see if there's too much risk involved and in, in continue to put uh, Zach Davies uh, out on your your virtual mound. Uh, now he's got another start this week, uh, this weekend against the Dodgers. If you're in a league where uh, you could change your lineup every day, I would sit him down. I would not trust Zach Davies against the Dodgers, and that one's going to be. At uh, at Dodger Stadium, um, but you know neither neither park is really a bargain. I'd say Miller Park is probably a little scarier, but you know you're talking about a very very scary lineup in a in a park that's not going to do Zach Davies any favor. So uh, it might might really put the impetus on you if you can trade still to trade Davies by the weekend. Might be a good idea. Uh, moving on to the other pitcher. In that uh, in that matchup there, Chris Stratton, who's um, put up some pretty nice numbers, and, and particularly in this latest start, tossed six scoreless innings against the uh, against the Brewers, but just one strikeout. So right there is a bit of a of a red flag because a start against the Brewers is kind of double edged sword that uh, they can hit for power, they can certainly be a dangerous lineup, but they also strike out a whole lot. So he kind of flipped the reverse. And did give up a whole lot, 
but only got the one strikeout against the Brewers. So uh, six scoreless innings on four hits and two walks. Um, I want to dig a little bit deeper, though, into Stratton's performance on the season because he's reminded me statistically of another very interesting pitcher. So I'll get to that. And also talk about Mike Clevenger, who's been struggling a bit. Talk about his latest start as well. So stick around. I will be right back after this break. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back, I should say. You are listening to Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, I just got very, very happy over this uh, break as I was looking through my Twitter feed. And the uh, the meeting of the boot pals, it's happened. There's a picture from Jane Lee uh, of MLB.com, picture that she uh, posted of uh, the two boot pals hanging out uh, on Utah Street just outside of uh, Oriole Park. It's uh, it's very awesome. So uh, go get on your Twitter and check that out and give yourself a smile because, uh, well, made me happy. Anyway, uh, it's the simple things. But, uh, speaking of simple things, we got first pitch coming up very, very soon in about uh, seven, no, I'm sorry, nine minutes. I can't count, really. Uh, Marlins-Phillies first game of their doubleheader, Aaron Nola and Dan Straley in that one. Uh, so let me just uh, shoehorn in a couple uh, players uh, and their stats uh, before you go and uh, rush and uh, watch uh, the Phillies and the, the Marlins uh, play play some afternoon baseball. Uh, in fact, I started to talk about Chris Stratton's nice start against the Brewers uh, in the last segment, six scoreless innings, but just one strikeout. Uh, but that's kind of par for the course for Stratton uh, for the most part. Uh, he has thrown this year 31 and two-thirds innings, and over that course, he has a 70% strikeout rate. So, you know, considering all the strikeouts in Major League Baseball, you know, just uh, intuitively, that's not uh, a, a great strikeout rate. And even more alarming, if, if you're going to be alarmed, is uh, the 11% walk rate. So that doesn't look really good. But much like Zach Davies, who I also talked about last segment, been really averse to the homer, only giving up one home run in 31 and two-thirds innings. So not quite as impressive uh, as Zach Davies, but to be honest, a whole lot more believable, especially since he's put up a 24% soft contact rate and the average fly ball distance that Stratton has allowed this season is 295 feet, which is one of the lowest. Uh, he's not exactly a qualifier, but for anybody who's allowed as few as 10 home runs, 10 home runs or more, uh, that's one of the very lowest in the major leagues. So you know who this sounds a lot like? If you're a regular listener, you, you could probably say it out loud with me. Sounds like Andrew Kashner. Not a very good strikeout rate, not a very good walk rate, but not giving up a lot of extra base hits and just inducing a whole lot of soft 
weak contact. Uh, the difference, of course, well, two differences. Uh, Stratton gets a much, much better park to pitch in for his home games. He also has a much worse offense to support him. So, uh, you know, the point is, you know, I, I know that you're not going to get excited about starting Andrew Kashner or Chris Stratton in a 12-team mixed league, but 14-15 team, there's some value there. There's some value there in terms of wins, in terms of quality starts, uh, in terms of ERA. Uh, depending on, on the matchups and such, there, there's some, I think, underrated value there. And the last pitcher that I want to talk about is um, Mike Clevenger, who I think maybe very unwisely I, I started for his two-start week this week. Uh, just like I wasn't believing in Carlos Rodon being very good lately, I wasn't really believing in Mike Levenger being bad, and he was very bad against the Red Sox. Four and a third innings, four hits, four runs, four walks, four strikeouts. That was easy to rattle off. Uh, and three of his last four starts, he has lasted less than five innings. Uh, control has just been abysmal. So um, it's you know that happens when you're throwing... 58% of your pitches for strikes, which is what Clevenger has done over his last uh, six appearances. Uh, it's it's not just going to affect your walks. It's going to affect everything. So be careful out there. Don't be like me. Don't start Mike Clevenger right now. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. I know I did. So uh, go out and enjoy some, uh, some midday baseball. And uh, I will be back on Thursday for Nando Thursday. So uh, looking forward to that. Stay tuned. We're on target. And take care. See you.